We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. How you doing? It's your boy, Jonathan Macri, with you for another episode of the Knicks Film School podcast. Um, there comes a very special time. Um, I, I, I try to sneak these by you at this point every couple of months. Eventually, this is just going to be like every week when we fall into complete and utter um, chaos here at KFS. But not yet. So this is still count- this still counts as a treat. Um, today's episode features two men. Again, who need no introduction, but I'm going to introduce them anyway. We're going to do a little Oscars Knicks talk because the Oscars are Sunday. And uh, if ever a Knicks team deserved to have some awards handed to it, it is this one. Um, I'm going to I'm going to go with the young, uh, younger one first, because I usually go with the with the old man first. So I'll go younger first. Um, you can see him. In a courtroom near you, if you live in St. Louis. Is it St. Louis proper or is it like a suburb of St. Louis? It's St. Louis County. So St. Louis County. Okay. Yeah. Um, I we, we can't, even though we all just got a description of his case that's going to be on trial soon. Um, I can't tell you about it, but I will say he's actually doing important things in his life, and it's it's inspiring. Um, Yashwath Manjanath, uh, you also have heard him on uh, Final Score with uh, our producer extraordinaire Andrew Claudio talking about uh, all things NFL. He is a he is a sports savant. I think that's what your new title is. Is that fair, Yash? You know what? I'm okay with that. I, I think I have many titles, really. So sure you do. Yeah. Some of them even good. No. Um none that we call you. Um, next up, um, my other law school buddy, um, who I once coached 
Um, no, we didn't coach Josh at the same time. I always forget that. I coached you, coached Josh, and then I coached Josh. Yeah, um, you got we, my sloppy seconds. That's hey, nice. Thank you for that. Um, off to a rousing start. Um, for, <laughs> formerly of uh, Loud and Clear Reviews, he is um, on. Uh, let's just say he's working on something bigger and better um involving uh the world of film criticism that um i know everybody on this uh zoom is excited about everybody on this pod is very excited about um we will there's gonna be more news on that um coming in the in the weeks and months ahead uh bernardo zarowski ladies and gentlemen hello jonathan thank you for having us back i was worried that now that the team was good you didn't need us anymore well, I had to. So Van Gundy reached out to me. He was he was like, um, I could, casual name drop over here. I could do Thursday. I could do Thursday night. Um, you know, I could give you an hour and a half. And I say, you know, it's um, I appreciate it. But I had this one booked and I just I can't I could never be able to offend these two people in any way, let alone tell them that their their pod slot had been taken by uh, the former coach of the Knicks. Um no, Bernard. I mean, come on. It's the Oscars. It's Oscars week. Um, and and to those of you out there who don't care about the Oscars or movies, fear not. This is going to be a Knicks conversation. We just, um, you know, it's fun to have a gimmick. So um, before uh, we get there, though, um, I, I will just ask uh, very generally, uh, Yash, I'll start with you. Um, are you having are you having some fun uh, this Knicks season? Oh, it's it's been it's been the best season in a while really has it, it's been some dark days uh the whole tenor of our group chat discussions has changed dramatically from just the dark bitter sardonic humor that we'd have to resort to to get through it for super years. team baby <laughs> yes the super <laughs> team and uh and now it's 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 bizarre i, I don't we're, we're it's not making us soft but it it is making us more optimistic and hopeful people, which is which is weird, but also good. Well, for three lawyers, it's well, two current lawyers and one former lawyer. Yes, optimism, shared optimism, is not a regular <laughs> occurrence for us. Uh, yeah, no, that's well put, uh, Bernard. Anything you want to add on to that? You know, I got to say, it is the nicest thing to plan my life around the Knicks again. It sure is nice for the Knicks to get the big TV and the Yankees to get the iPad these days. I'm not even sure the Yankees deserve the phone at this point. <laughs> But uh, whew, do you have like a ten-inch old with a little box? <laughs> <laughs> I like a little sh- like a branded Shrek TV or something in the fucking corner. But uh, no, they, oh god, they're so fucking good and they're so fucking fun right now. I, I don't care if they bust out in the first round of the playoffs. This has been the most fun team in uh, ten years. Um, yeah, well, well, well uh, look at you with the transition. This is not your first rodeo, my friend. Okay, so um, we're, we're splitting this pod into two parts. Um, the second part is going to happen um, in a little while in which we're going to uh, compare some current Knicks to some uh, current Oscar. I think I did Oscar con- contenders. Maybe I don't know if you guys did or just did movies, whatever. We're going to talk about movies in the Knicks. Um, but first, we're actually going to give out um, some awards to this current Nick team. And we're going to go through um, the key categories, as it were, uh, for the Oscars, um, starting with, of course, the big one, Best Picture. Um, so I will uh, turn it back to you, Yash. Bernard just brought it up. Um, is this the best Nick season you have ever seen um, or followed? And if not, what what beats it? 
it's not quite the best Knicks season ever yet for me, but it's very close. And it very well could be my favorite Knicks season when all said and done. Um, right now, I would say it's it's number three behind. Uh, well, you know what? No, number four behind the uh, the '99 season, uh-huh. um, the '97 season, and uh, the 2012-2013 season. So hey, though, you're older though, or younger rather. I'm older. God, I wish. Um, you so you don't really remember '93. You don't remember '93-'94. No. Okay. To be honest, I mean, I do, but not enough where I'd be like, oh, well, that was my, like, I remember it, but not to the same degree that, uh, you know, I really enjoyed it and remember it deeply as a sports fan. Bernard, you, you kind of remember 93, 94. You were, I was, I was nine back then and we had mixed tickets. So I went to an awful lot of those games in the 93, 94 season. So I remember that quite well. Uh, I'm happy. Look, 93, 94 is my number one right now. And I, I'm, I'm happy that my child has started unprompted singing, go New York, go New York, go while walking around the house during the day. I'm very proud of this achievement. And that, that all derives from the 94 team. I think 99, just the, the miracle of it's my number two. And for me, this is dead heat with the pre-trade 2010, 2011 Knicks, uh, for my, my favorite pulling at the heartstrings. Like I, I like to root for the players on the court. These, I, I have, I feel like I have almost a relationship with them from spending every night with them for 80 nights a year. And uh, I, I, this dead heat third place right now in my life. There, there was, there was an earned quality about the first, what was it? First 50 games, I guess, before the trade. Right. Um, my God, that was the, uh, the trade. That was a fun team. It was a very fun team. Um, there was an earned quality because it was a different type of earned quality than it feels like we're getting right now, because this feels like, Oh, this is the build up towards the next great Knicks team, and you're you're seeing the build up right now. That was just two years of not misery because the D'Antoni, there were some fun moments, but it moments, was yeah. it mostly sucked. And then that happens like, oh, we got these guys, and it's actually a real team, and it was cohesive. Um, I don't know. For me, ninety, I I, I don't think anything could ever beat ninety nine. Um, so I would go ninety nine, then ninety four, then after that though. Um, I think just because of how, again, referring to our um, really miserable text change chains over the last several years, this is this is this feels like it. it I don't I don't know. I don't know if I ever that I ever fully doubted that it was ever going to happen. But it's like, wow, OK, this is actually happening. This is actually happening. So um, part yeah. of why I don't want to rank this season higher and as great as the season is, as wonderful a variety as it is, and maybe. For some fans, it'll have the number one spot because it is the sign of something bigger and better. But I, I just think the best is yet to come and that next season will be even better. I really, I really do. Like next season, the year after that, like these next couple of years, I think are just going to be great as this front office makes the moves to add a, a couple more pieces to really get this team contending again. And that's going to be even more fun. One, and And once fans are packing MSG again. And, you know, we get to see so a sold out crowd watching this team. Um, that's just going to take this to a whole nother level. So, you know, that's part of why um, as, as much as I love this team, I, I just, 
I think I just I think the best is yet to come, and I I, I think we're going to end up ranking the the years to come as um, you know as even higher than some uh, of the fond memories we already have. I think um, so. Good transition to best director, um, Tom Thibodeau, um, Mr. Tibbs. Um, I like Mr. Tibbs. I what do you think he would do if I called him if I, on a post game Zoom? I got a question and I was like, "Hey, Mr. Tibbs," and then he just went into my question. Do you think he would it would throw him off? I, I think he might get one of those smiles. <laughs> one of those special only for you macri smiles <laughs> only for me um so uh best director i mean this is essentially not essentially this is a three-man conversation we have tibbs now and then we had van gundy and we had riley um i think like pat riley is like my sporting ideal for like what a what like a man should be in the world of sports <laughs> It's, it's like all of my sensibilities about like what, what is cool um, come from Pat Riley. I don't know that any, and, but, and then there's obviously Van Gundy who was the opposite of Riley in so many ways, but also similar to him in so many ways. That's and weird because I've never thought of Pat Riley as effeminate before. So just a terrible human being. Um, listen, the slick back hair was cool and I am cool. So therefore we are cool. Uh, me and Pat. You were, you were cool. It's perfect. It, it syncs up too. When did I when did I stop becoming cool? Was I ever cool? I think I was cool. Um, I'm not cool anymore. Um, but, so Van Gundy was like the opposite of Riley, but also cut from Riley's cloth. And Tibbs seems to feel fall like somewhere in between because there's like there's there's like a weird underdog ish quality to Tibbs that reminds me of Van Gundy. But at the same time, he like. Riley had the reputation coming into the Knicks. It's like, oh, this is the best coach in the league. And I feel like Tibbs came with some of that as well. Bernard, where does Tibbs rank for you amongst amongst the, the Knicks head coaching hierarchy? It's re- This is a really difficult one for me because I, I love Tom Thibodeau. I, I, I wish he would adopt me as a child. I think he's amazing. And he's one of the by him. Well, yeah, exactly. No, yeah, that really does it for me. So. <laughs> but um, Oh, I, God, I, we're really going off the rails here. <laughs> Man, started early. Uh, I think I would probably have him as uh, really, uh, it's got to be Riley number one. I agree. Riley also has that sort of evil to him that I want in my coaches. The, the, it's not worth winning if you don't win big sort of ethos that I want to see. Um, And I haven't uh, really, it's, it's, it's a, it's a tie basically with him and Van Gundy. But since I, I love Van Gundy for sort of grabbing onto someone's ankle, I think that Thibodeau would be more straight up about it. And I think I, I, I respect that attitude. I think he would have tackled. Uh, I think I think he would. I think he would have gone in. I think he would have lowered the shoulder. I think it would have. <laughs> I think it would have been an, uh, a really impressive display, something for the highlight reel. So I, I'm going to put Tibbs on the two seed based on on a bit more physicality. Actually, you know what? The, the simple thing: Tibbs has worked a miracle. Van Gundy accepted Riley's work and kept it going, and I think that that's the reason Tibbs gets the the edge. To be serious about it for a moment. Oh wow, that's. Uh... So I firmly have Tibbs at number three right now. Um, I, and this might be controversial, but I actually have Van Gundy number one. You have um, Van Gundy over, well, but again, the age thing, you don't really, you started in 97, which, well, Riley, so you don't really remember Riley. This is, no, so this I, is I, a fair question. I do. And here's, here's what I remember about Riley more than anything as a Knicks fan was uh, those years that his Heats teams kept losing to the Knicks. And Van Gundy, um, so it was fun. It was fun. It was, and and you know, Van Gundy was the was the student who kept besting the master. I mean, the one year Riley beat the Knicks, it was uh, with the suspensions. Yeah, and, he cheated. Uh, 
They right, cheated. exactly. And, in, and that, in, in unison with the league, they cheated. <laughs> right. And and that Knicks team, was, they were going to win that series in like five games probably uh, before that happened. Yes. Um, dominating that series. So, it in and the way he left, I mean, it was him leaving that really started the downward spiral. Like, that's that's what I associate more than anything with. Well, he got he got the last last life uh, raft off the off the boat. And uh, I really can we blame him for doing so? Um, I can't. Um, I, but it's look, very he, cool. he he Billy Zane this shit like he was there <laughs> grabbing a child to squeeze in with the women to get away from the sinking ship. He made the right choice. He left Herb Williams right the fuck behind. <laughs> um, Herb was playing the playing the violin on the his, his on the, heart of the ocean was back in the cabin. So, uh, here, hold on, I'm putting you guys on the spot. Pick a number. I, I I'm uh, Van Gundy's in a lot of ways number one in my heart. Even though Riley is like my number one in like my coaching ideal, Tibbs yeah. is three. I think he has a chance to move up. Pick a number three from this list. Get your hope you're sitting down. Don Nelson, Don Chaney, Herb Williams, Lenny Wilkins, Larry Brown, Isaiah Thomas. My oh, this is easy. Mike. Well, actually, no. Mike D'Antoni, Mike Woodson, Derek Fisher, Kurt. <laughs> can't say his name without laughing. Kurt Rambis, Jeff Hornacek. The immortal David Fisdale, Mike Miller. Um, yeah, this this is an easy one. Mike Woodson all the way. It's Mike Woodson. Yeah, and there's and no question. Look, I, I think putting Tibbs like I, I love Mike Woodson. I probably love Mike Woodson far more than either of you two because of how much I loved that yeah, 2012, 2013 team. So me already being ready to put Tibbs above Woodson is very high praise for Tibbs. The the issue that I have with Tibbs right now, as much as I love him, to make a baseball analogy for a second. Um, he, he is, he, what he's proven so far as head coaches, he can take a young scrappy team and get them to overachieve. He's like Bobby Valentine right now. And we still need to find out if he can be Joe Torrey. We still need to find out if he can, once we add superstar players who are with difficult egos, um, that are actually going to take this team to the next level of being a legitimate championship contender. Um, is he the guy that's going to be able to do that? Will his personality allow for that to happen? And I still have my doubts about that. I hope that it happens here for him, but we still don't know that yet. And we still need to find that out. Yeah, I think that's it, a good question. Is it, he, it, it, you know, wasn't that Buck Showalter too for a while? Did I was going to say, is, I was gonna say, is he Buck Showalter or Joe Girardi mm-hmm. on this, on this sliding scale? Can he get over the hump or not? And I, I think it's, a, I think it's by far the most, Fair question about Tibbs over the next five years. I um, he seems like he's learned a little bit, a little bit, but a leopard never changes his stripes. One day, a future pod for us. Uh, mark this down, Andrew, is to go through rank the five worst uh, Knicks head coaches. We don't have time <laughs> for that or enough alcohol for that right now. Um, moving on to best original um, adapted uh, screenplay. Um, is there a realistic? case a realistic case that uh i i guess it's going to be leon rose but we we know brock aller is really um pulling the strings do they have a case for executive of the year um and well let's start with that and then i guess we could move on yeah no let's do both um what do you think is the number one realistic addition that this team makes in the offseason so bernard uh tee us off what do you do you think they have a real case let's start there 
Well, I think the first question is, should they have a case? And I think the easy answer to that is, yes, they, they should have a case. They've turned what was expected to be a 20-ish win team into uh, something that's resembling a, a force down the stretch here and looks like a serious, credible top four seed in the East. Four-ish right now, that's for four-ish sure. Four-ish right now. And that's, that's pretty fucking impressive. And look, they resisted temptation to do stupid things. They made smart incremental moves. Uh, look, the, these sort of overachieving things are what executive of the year awards are built on. So I do think that they should have a case. I don't think they're going to win. The Vegas odds are really bad. It just doesn't seem like anything is coming together for the Knicks to win any of these postseason awards that they should probably be in the running for. Which is but, ins- uh, other than Randall. It's yeah. Um I, ran, I mean, Randall's, he's not going to seriously, I mean, I'm, I'm not sure he should be better than second place in the MVP anyway, but he's not. No, not, I'm talking about all, most improved. He'll, he'll probably oh, sure. win. He could win. That's, yeah. Um, Yash, you think they you think they have a case? Uh, so initially, I mean, look, Vegas odds aren't, again, like Bernard said, they're not good with for them. Should they have a case? Yeah. I, I, and I would have said no initially because, I mean, what have we said about this team? It's that they've overachieved, that the talent level isn't great. But then when I sat down to think about it more after seeing the question initially, there isn't a ton more talent than last year, but the pieces fit so much better. And that's important. Mm. That matters. And the other thing is, I mean, they got the steal of the draft in Emmanuel quickly. They deserve a ton of credit for that. And they signed some really great role players that the whole league could have gotten if they wanted. They, they got Alec Burks on a, on a cheap deal. They brought Nerland's Noel in on a, on a reasonable deal. They traded for Derrick Rose. They got him for a bag of balls. And he's been huge for this team. And uh, You forgot Taj. <laughs> yes, Taj. You bring back, bring back Taj. Um, so they, they've made some really savvy moves. I think the payroll is still, if not the lowest in basketball, one of the lowest. And they're a top four seed in the East with a bright future, ton of draft capital. Um, so they're building, they found a way to both build the team up the right way while at the same time win games. So, I mean, regardless of whether or not they win the award, they should absolutely be receive serious consideration. I'll, I'll just say this. I, I, I wrote it in the newsletter to yesterday, today, I don't know. It's all running together. Um, they're, they've already exceeded. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The the preseason, the Vegas over-under by 11 and a half games. 
And the only the next closest team is Phoenix. They've exceeded it by three and a half games. And Phoenix lost. Thanks a lot, fucking Phoenix. They lost uh, to Boston tonight. Um, didn't look like they showed up really. Um, but the good news on that is like if Phoenix falters down the stretch and like Utah is like not like they're just a regular number one seed and they don't like go, you know, win it by several. I I don't know. I, I could and the Knicks get a four seed. I could see it. This summer, I'm going to make it a three seed. Dare we dream or a three seed? Well, the on the other side, the Bucks won tonight, so the Bucks would need to like really take a big a big one down the stretch. Um, So this summer, I'm prepared to make I'm prepared to make an announcement. You ready for this? I think I'm I'm changing. I think I'm changing my free agency big board. I think I want to move. I think I want to move Spencer Dinwiddie up to my number one offseason priority. Over oh, Lonzo. Wow. I had had Lonzo first, and then I just keep thinking about it. I just don't see a scenario where that dude's going to accept it, where we're going to get that that dude for either. It's going to be either a massive overpay, a stupid overpay, or a sign and trade where you're still overpaying him. Mm-hmm. And I just, I don't know that I could talk myself into that being a better scenario than getting Dinwiddie at like a 15% discount because he's coming off the ACL and taking that chance. Um, he's my number one offseason um, priority. What's your, what are you guys uh, number one? So my, uh, this is an easy one for me. DeMar DeRozan. Um, oh, I'm you, here for you it. You just being nice to me. No, I'm, I'm here for like the more that I've got to thinking and the more I've, I've watched DeRozan this season. I mean, he would be perfect for this team, especially now that Randall can shoot, RJ can shoot. They have they they don't lack for shooting anymore, so he'd be a perfect fit as the the lead ball handler for this team. Uh, he's an efficient scorer, but you know he can still shoot the three better than Elf. He's a Hall of Fame talent. You'd be getting it at a discount, really. He's still young enough that he could be good for the next few years as this team eventually becomes a contender. Um, I, I love the idea of adding DeRozan to this team, uh, and uh, he, he could really take the team to another level next year. And I think you add DeRozan as a free agent and then you make the right trade at the deadline and you're contending next season. Uh, Bernard. I would like the, I would like to keep the train of not doing anything stupid going <laughs> and just keeping our options open for when a real difference maker comes onto the field to play here. And I, I think the best way to make the team better and not fuck up anything for the future. Uh, I believe he's rechristened himself as Dr. Lowry. In the last uh, 48 hours, I would like Kyle Lowry to be. Has that happened? I believe so. Yes. How did I miss this? Okay. I I, I would like, uh, I would like Kyle Lowry to be the New York Knicks starting point guard next year. It is the, it is a huge upgrade at the position where they are the weakest. As Yash texts us on a daily basis, Elf Payton should be shot into the sun on a rocket ship. And Mm -hmm. I, I think that the best way to facilitate that is to sign Kyle Lowry, give him the, two years, 50 million or whatever it takes to do it. Worst case, he could decline significantly. He'll be a huge upgrade. All it's going to cost is money. And if he if he craters out, it's not the sort of move that fucks you up for the long term. I think that Larry is a wonderful fit for Tibbs. I think he's going to play well with, I think he's going to make RJ and Randall better. I just, I think he's a perfect fit to move this team to the next level. Maybe it's not a team that wins title, but it's a team that's looking more like a legitimate three, four seed uh, that you feel good about on paper. 
I'll, I'll say this about Lowry. There, he's the only player that's in, unless, well, actually, no. <laughs> I, I'm about to throw a little bit of shade. I was about to say, I was first. I was going to say he's the only player available this summer who has proven he could be the best player on the floor in the last five minutes of a finals game. And then I caught myself because I was like, wait, no, Chris Paul may make himself available with this summer. And then I'm like, wait, no, Chris Paul's never proven that. Um, so it's, it's a little shady, right? Um, would you I, actually? Okay. So I mean, wait, 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 are we okay? Let's, let's calm down for a second. Has, has Kyle Lowry ever, about? Why, why do we need to come down? Has, has Kyle Lowry ever proven that? Well, when is he ever yes. proven Oh, come on. He was, listen, I know it was Kawhi's championship, but like, go watch. Yes, it was Kawhi's championship. Oh, okay. I mean, you want to say that maybe Lowry was more important than Siakam, which we've talked about. I'm I'm talking about for just stretches of end of game. Like at the end of those games, Lowry was the one who was like, I I got this guy. Like, you know, we're we're not losing this game. I mean, they didn't win a thing before Kawhi got there. They They were the classic they were the classic, like, great regular season team that would choke in the playoffs. He had one hellaciously bad playoff series. I think it was the one against the, was it the, one against the Nets. I, there's, yeah. there's one that stands out, right? Yeah, okay. Other than that, he was like, um, like a lot of guys are his playoff performance. Like, not great, but not awful. I'll say this, though. I mean, before we got crazy about Kyle Lowry, I think that – he would be in my top three. I agree with everything. Bernard he should said. be. In the, he's easily and, in the top three. Yeah. I mean, he would be a huge upgrade at a position of need. And he is another player, much like DeRozan, that if they got him and then made the right deal at the deadline, they could be contenders as early as next year. So, yes, he would be another guy I would love to see. Um, I, I'm just, just, yeah, top five, top player on the court in the last five minutes of a finals game. Let's, let's. I don't know. I just I I feel like Dinwiddie has a lot of swagger. I agree, Bernard. You're not wrong. That that I think that the, the Lowry answer at this point is the objectively correct answer. But there's something about Dinwiddie that I've I've always dug, and I just would like to see him wearing. Well, it's because you're a masochist and you like being humiliated, and you like the fact that he makes fun of the Knicks on a regular basis. And I, get, you I, know what? I, actually, I actually like that about him a lot. No, I actually fucking great. love that about him yeah. that he that he took on that role because right, you're both masochists and, and But if you were we if you it. were Spencer, if you were a net fan, shout out to <laughs> I'm not gonna make a mess joke. Shout out to all the net fans out there. Um all the net fan out there. All the uh, <laughs> <laughs> But if like imagine if you're a net fan and you saw your at the time was he was like their best player like needle the opposing fan base like that's that's great that's what you want to see so I don't know I, I the guy has my respect um, and I feel like he'll have a chip on his shoulder because he, he's again chip on his shoulder guy second round pick fucking cut or whatever he was traded from Detroit for a bag of balls speaking of trades for from Detroit for bags of balls. Um, Oh wait, he does he have the same teams as um not not Brooklyn but Ch- Chicago and Detroit uh, yeah, mirroring Detroit roses. just loves to collect bags of balls. That's what we're learning. They they do love their bags of balls. <laughs> Perfect transition to um best actor slash actress. So this is where we talk about Julius Randall. Um, I've been getting this question a lot in like DMs and stuff. Um, so we'll we'll go with this first. Let's just let's keep it simple. This Randall season versus pick your mellow year. And I that's I mean 12 13. It's yeah, but so year. there's I don't how I mean well I guess I'll leave the nerd so Bernard, I'll leave the nerdery to you. Um 
the numbers say other years were better. The advanced numbers say other years were better for Mello. What is Mello's best season? Do you have to go by the advanced numbers or do you just, is it 12, 13? Look, I think the advanced numbers are fun. I love them. I think they're better in baseball than in basketball. A lot of them derive from team performance. It's hard to separate it all out. I think you have to give it to Mello, regardless of what his win share 48 is or something like that. I but 12-13. You have, 13, the 12, you have 13, to give it to 12-13 because okay. that's yeah. that's the team that, that had the most success. They won 54 games and he won a scoring title. And he was... He, for that year, he looked like a player who actually could be the best player in a, in a finals in the last five minutes if he ever got there. But, you know, the team he, here's my, fell apart against Indiana. But he, he had a great series, and he was a great player that whole season. Here's my objection to, to Melo. I think Melo is a, a fantastic individual player. I don't think that he is the sort who, even at his best, aside from the dad Melo run that never actually came to life in the NBA – uh, he's not the sort of person who really makes his teammates better. He helps win games. He scores a lot of points. And, you know, the best part about Julius Randle this year is that he has taken seriously the obligation to try to make his teammates better. He has taken seriously the obligation to look for people outside. He has, aside from big moments, he has backed down off of the ISO play a little bit. It's just Randle has been a difference maker for the entire team in a way that Melo never showed the, the commitment to doing. Mello, so just for anybody um, on the younger side or or ill-informed, in 2012-13, Carmelo Anthony finished third in the MVP voting to LeBron James and Kevin Durant, who are, I was going to say, unequivocally the best two players of the last 20 years, but Steph Curry, I guess we probably should have a conversation about. Um, that's That's hard to do. And he finished yeah. just ahead of here are the guys he finished just ahead of. And boy, does this look list look interesting in retrospect. Fourth place, Chris Paul, fifth place, Kobe Bryant, sixth place, Tony Parker, seventh place, Tim Duncan. When's the last time two teammates finished sixth and seventh in MVP? Eighth, James Harden, ninth, Russell Westbrook, tenth, Dwayne Wade, eleventh, Steph Curry, twelfth, a tie between Kevin Garnett. Um, Marcus all. And how about this one, folks? Ty Lawson. Okay. So let's forget Ty Lawson. Yeah. Um, the other name. Oh, Joe, Noah getting an MVP vote from someone as, as well as David Lee. Someone put David Lee on their MVP ballot. <laughs> so Bernard kidnapped somebody, um, one of the MVP voters and, uh, <laughs> put a gun to their head, yeah. threatened to kill their family and got them to vote for David Lee. Blank. Wrong use of head in that sentence. Yash. Very wrong in many ways. Um, so other than KG, um, who was 36, Duncan, who was 36, and Bryant, who was 34, although he was still really kicking at 34, like all those guys that Melo beat out for MVP that year, and I know, obviously I know their teams did not do what New York did that year, and team performance matters a lot in the whole thing, but like that's a list. Yeah. That's a fucking and, list. I mean, just – that Indiana series, which again, I still have nightmares about Hibbert blocking him. That's but it's how, a regular how, season. Are we? That's how painful. But like, what happened in that series? Like, Tyson Chandler became a cadaver, and J.R. Smith that's just harsh. couldn't hit a shot. That's and harsh. those were those were his the second and third best players on the team. Like, Melo had a great series. Melo was still great. And if those guys had just lived up to their end of the deal, not even outperformed. Just, just played close to the level of performance that they gave the team in the regular season and in that first round series. 
They beat Indiana. They move on. They probably give Miami a series that goes six or seven games if you know Chandler doesn't get hurt and start to play horribly. I mean that that team that wasn't Melo's fault that year. I mean no. he, that individual season was just. I that to me is is um, I, it's that and Ewing in '97. Uh, those his last All Star year. Those are my my two that I would put ahead of Randall right now. But Randall's. This year from Randall would be number three for me. Well, ironically enough, and Bernard will will finish up with this and then move on. E- Ewing never finished top three in MVP, um, which is insane when you think about Carmelo Anthony at a higher MVP finish than yeah. you know. I, I, that's how good he was that year. I, I got a tiny bit of saber here on on how underrated Patrick Ewing is. Just a tiny bit because basketball saber sucks. Uh, in his entire Knicks career, seven years, Carmelo Anthony was worth 20 value over replacement player. That, that's sort of your easy metric. Zero is like a dude you can get off the street. 20 wins, pretty good. Uh, Patrick Ewing, over 50 in 13 years. More yes. than doubled mellow in less than twice the time. Uh, he is a tremendous, tremendous player who is ludicrously underrated by Knicks fans in, in history. The, on, on a sabermetric basis, he's easily the best Nick to ever take the court. And I, I don't think he quite gets the respect and props he deserves, probably because he never got to the promised land and had a certain fucker in Chicago who was uh, perpetually in the way. But look, that that guy is a fantastic player. I, I'm loath to pick partially because some of them are, frankly, before my memories kick in, because you could be looking at like the 89-90 season or 92-90 Yeah, no, we're going from mid-90s but, on. But, yeah. Whew, Ewing is good. He's really, really good, and we don't we don't treat him with the reverence he deserves. Um, no, listen. Ewing is, is in a category of, of his own for me as well. Um, pick your best Ewing season. I'll I'll go with ninety three, ninety four because again they made it to the finals. That's number one for me. Um, I will I will still I will still give to it. It's starting to feel wrong though. I have to though. I'll still give twelve thirteen mellow the edge, but I just want to point out two things. Yash, um, I'm not saying this he, he had a bad series, but for the series against Indiana, he shot forty three percent from the field, um, thirty five percent from deep. Um, had um, assists that series. He had four, five, six, seven. He had eight assists in six games um, that series. And for that season, the 2012-13 season, um, Carmelo Anthony averaged 2.6 assists in 37 minutes of action, playing around what is unequivocally the best collection of teammates as a whole that he's ever had. And I know Billups and J.R. Smith were on the Denver team, and they had a good team. I think the 12-13 supporting cast, top to bottom, was better, um, and he averaged two point six assists that season. I don't know. I think I think Randall could pass him. That's all I'm saying. I think Randall could pass him. I think I can't say it yet. I think Randall can pass him. It's, you know, it's tough to go there just because the team success is nowhere near. I mean, as good as this team is doing, um, I I don't think this team is going to be a contender um, when all is said and done this season. And uh, I think that team was legitimately a contender. It's, um, so you're going to hold that against you're going to hold that against Julius Randle that this team was picked had dog shit you know expectations this year? No, um, uh, that's not that's not the only reason why. I just as great as Randle has been, 
I don't think so. What do we talk about all the time in the in the text thread about what we really need from uh, what we really need for this team is a guy who, um, you know, has this gravitational force on offense, like as a shot creator, an elite shot creator. Um, what wing, matters the most. Um, but I mean, it, it doesn't have to be a wing. It just has to be an elite shot creator. Who the guy? Who, somebody. Well, if who, it doesn't have to be a wing, then why can't it be Randall? Because he's an as elite shot creator as there is as at the big man position. Well, I mean, other other than Jokic, who's in a weird is his own category. I don't know. I I mean, it is so. Can do you think Randall is ever good enough? to be the number one scoring option on a team that actually wins a championship. I, I want to, I'm, I'm, I'm here for that. I want to listen to that conversation. I want to be a part of that conversation. You yes. know, if he ever gets there, then sure. He passes Mello and look, Mello didn't do it, but I don't think it was his fault that he didn't do it. I think he was good enough. Well, if the, if the team had held up around him, I, I really think he was that elite of a scorer. He was that elite of a shot creator. Um, they just never built the team around him. I don't know. But, I think you're giving him a little bit too much credit. I mean, him at his peak. Yeah, I think he was that good. But um, I mean, because it's like when Charles Barkley would give commentary after these games and talk about how much better of a shot creator Carmelo Anthony was than he was. I mean, he he's not one to be modest. Guy, that guy won an MVP and he was still <sighs> still talk about it. I mean, Melo did I'm some s- incredible things at his peak. I'm sorry. Oh. Fucking game one against Indiana. You know what his stat line was? Come on, come on, Anthony. Ten for twenty-eight. Hit one Ooh. three. Hit one three and one assist. Oh. Ten for twenty-eight. Efficiency. Just throwing it out there. That's- All right, let's let's move on because we're going to start yelling. Um, <laughs> uh, we'll finish <laughs> finish up this this gimmick before we get to the next one. Um, all right. Um, best supporting actor, actress, um, a, a category that I'm very excited to see in the actual Oscars, um, how this turns out. Um, so we're ranking, we can get through this one, I think pretty quick, uh, rank the following role players that are upcoming free agents that you think need to be brought back next season. So we're ranking them based on the level of import, um, of, for, for moving forward. Um, okay. So we have Derek Rose, Nerlens Noel, Reggie Bullock, Alec Burks. Taj Gibson, Frank Nilakina, Mitchell Robinson. Say one more time. Derek Rose, Nerlens Noel, Reggie Bullock, Alec Burks, Taj Gibson, Frank Nilakina, Mitchell Robinson. Um, Bernard, is there an easy number one here for you? I mean, my heart wants to say Taj Gibson, but I'm not sure. From a basketball <laughs> perspective, I can actually put Taj you know, number one. You know, I don't know about that. I, I I like that sort of grit and tough leadership moxie that he brings to the court every single day. Um, Never messes up. You know, this is really hard. This, it is this, hard. This is, this is sort of a little brain busting for me because it comes down to what Mitch is or isn't. Because in concept, Mitch should be the easy number one here. But yep. in reality, I, I'm just not sure that he is. Because look, they're a better team. They've been a better team with Mitch out, and it's really hard for me to to reconcile that. And maybe it's that Noel is more willing to accept a sort of limited role that he's taken on so effectively. It, it should be Mitch, but I I, I kind of think it's Bullock. Can I? If, this I've is why we're that. good friends after all of these years. This <laughs> is the reason right here. I just, I, it feels like it should. In your heart, it's Bullock, right? 
I think it's Bullock. I really do. I, 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 I look, I look hard at Burks. I think it's Bullock. I'm coming down on Bullock. Maybe it's, it's the glory of that three late yesterday that that's getting to me, but I think it's Bullock. But it isn't. So we keep talking about how Julius Randall has like unlocked a new level for himself um, now as an NBA player. Um, Reggie Bullock has been, I don't know. It's it's too, it's, I, it's journeyman is is harsh. It's journeyman is is not accurate. But he he's thirty. It's taken him a little while to like. He obviously hasn't found a home, right? He just he kind of bounced around. Um, does not have did not have the pedigree that any team was ever like. Ooh, we got to lock this guy up long term and make sure he is you know our guy for you know moving forward. But he's putting up nearly eight three-point attempts a game since the All-Star break, and he's hitting 44% of them. I mean, and these aren't, these are quick trigger releases. Yash, where, where are you at? So I, I agree with everything that you're both saying about Bullock. I, I like Bullock a lot. I like Brooks a lot. Yeah. I, I want to preface this by saying I love all of the role players on this team. Yeah. And I, I think they're all valuable role players on a contending team if you just have the right star power around them. Um, my number one for me, though, is, is Rose. Because he really has just, I mean, yes, we joke about um, their win-loss with Rose versus when he wasn't on the team or hasn't played. But he they're a different team when he's there. They just are. Like, when he's there and he's not infected with COVID, they're just a different team. I mean, his ability to be a point guard, a legitimate point guard in the last five minutes of a game is going to pay off huge for them down the stretch. Um, and and they needed they needed him. Uh, they really needed him on this team. And, and, and the team just found another level when they when they traded for him. But I love Burks a lot, too. I, I, I go back and forth between Burks and Bullock all the time, like depending on the day I could say Bullock, depending on the day I could say Burks. They're very close to me as two and three. And then I would put like Mitch and Noel um, on the same level, depending on the price that you could lock Mitch up for. Honestly, because if Mitch is too expensive, I'd rather have Noel. But if Mitch, you can get him on a reasonable deal, I'd rather have Mitch because the upside's higher. And then Frank and Taj are, again, I like them too, but they they would be rounding out the uh, the end. Two things. One, it's incredibly sad that I have to – I I can't believe it. I have to put Frank a clear last in this conversation. Clearly, clearly. Yeah. How dare you put Taj and Frank on the same level, Yash? I actually, I was actually insulted for a second that you did. I, 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 mean, I, I have them at the end in whatever order you want to put them. But, well, I, but that's I the thing is there. It's not. There's an order. order. There's. I think. I think Taj the is an other, important part of this team. I, I think the other five are clearly above them, but I get it. I, I don't it. understand how you could say Taj is for 20. He's playing half of the game for a, the fourth seed in the East. I know he's 30. Maybe. Okay. For this list. Cause Taj is old or old. Yeah. Well, I mean, isn't the question who we should. Yes. Be it is. But you, your fucking number one is a 35 or how old is Rose? He's might as well be 30. He's, what yeah, he's, he's like 31, 32. He's he's 32. He's about my age. Whatever, so man. Your 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 favorite Knicks team ever had like forty eight year old Kurt Thomas and forty one year old Marcus Camby on it. You need an old man enforcer. You're not far off on Camby. Was definitely Camby was like 37, 38. It was wild. I think I'm gonna look it up right now. Forty two. 
I think I so I think Kurt Thomas was the oldest player on that team, and I think Camby was second. I'm gonna look it up right now. Just one more thing. Here are the players who have hit more as we're recording this on Thursday night. So this the stats haven't updated for tonight's games. I don't think. Here are the players that have hit more three pointers than Reggie Bullock since the All Star break: Steph Curry, Buddy Heald, Duncan Robinson, Joe Ingles, Bogdan Bogdan Bogdanovich. He's tied with Luka Doncic, one ahead of Terry Rozier, or sorry, tied with Terry Rozier also. And he's That's ahead of he's he's ahead of Tatum, Brown, Lillard, Donovan Mitchell, Carl Anthony. I'm, I'm just reading like Zach Levine, <laughs> CJ McCollum, Joe Harris. I mean, seriously, though, we're, this but this is the conversation we need to have about Reggie Bullock now. I mean, he's not just like oh, nice little Pete, whatever. Um, oh wait, here we go. We have the ages. Thank you, uh, Mr. Claudio. So the oldest player on the 2012-13 Knicks. Kurt Thomas, 1972. Jesus, he was born shortly after the moon landing. Wait, no. Kurt Thomas, October 4th, 1972. Marcus Camby. Oh, wait, no. That's 1974. 1974, yeah. Yep, and Kid is 73. Wow, so Kid is older than Camby? I did yeah. not realize that. That's uh, yeah. And and Sheed, of course. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I loved Sheed on that team. That was, that was such a... That was such a fun one-year wonder of a team. Oh God. Okay, um, that's a good play. Okay, so we're we we've made a um, executive decision as we've been recording this pod. We're going to split this into two episodes because we're just having so much fun. And the next one, and I need to refill my glass because of the next part of the conversation. Um, so uh, thank you for listening to the first part of um, a very special two-part Oscars edition um, of the Knicks Film School podcast. Um, check your feed for part two right now and we love you and thank you and hit hit the like button no there's no like button on this it's a five star and uh and and rate and review there you go okay but listen to the next episode okay i'm getting better at this bye Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.